Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Today, I have a conversation with ScoutingOhio.com director Mark Porter. We talk about all things high school football. We just wrapped up this unique, shortened Ohio high school football season. Still can't believe we made it all the way through the season during this COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, Mark gives uh, his thoughts about the season and also the impact on college recruiting going forward as we approach signing day in mid-December. This High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Fall is sweeter with a chocolate fudge brownie or mocha cream cold brew. Get yours today. But first, I want to mention a couple of things I have on WCPO.com right now. You want to check out my feature story on Loveland Girls basketball coach Darnell Parker as he continues his perseverance with a diagnosis of colon and liver cancer back in late October, and uh, Darnell is definitely an inspirational story, especially this week. He's celebrating his 43rd birthday on Thanksgiving, and uh, his positive outlook on life each and every day is uh, inspiring others, and also the greater Cincinnati girls basketball community is also uplifting him and his family uh, with gifts and donations and just plain support for uh, Darnell as he continues his battle with that. Also want to check out my story about Roger Bacon girls basketball standout Kylie Shepard, that's right now on WCPO.com. She's a two-sport two star in soccer and in basketball, leader on and off the court, on and off the pitch. And uh, everybody who knows Kylie there, Roger Bacon raves about her. She is headed to Providence College on a basketball scholarship, but uh, kind of get into the details of how she's prepared for this upcoming season for the Spartans. I want to remind everybody, this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants where the winning play is always chicken. Log into the Chick-fil-A app for easy ordering. Well, all seven divisions of the Ohio High School Football State Finals wrapped up this past week, and I thought it was a great opportunity to check in with my good friend Mark Porter at ScoutingOhio.com. He's based up in Youngstown, but he travels all around the state during the entire season checking out uh, players and teams and, and trying to get evaluations for uh, college scouts for the upcoming class, whether it be 2021, 2022. He's gathering film and information about all these student athletes, but I had to catch a chance to catch up with Mark and get his thoughts about this unique season and what we might see from college football recruiting going forward. Mark, it's always great to catch up with you and uh, how are you and your family doing? Great. It, you know, as a football season ends, that's one hump out of my uh, life I get done right now. So I'm on the next hump of evaluation, but thank you for having me. And I appreciate you talking about scouting Ohio in the past and now, and I'm sure it's going to help some kids out in the Cincinnati area. Well, you definitely do a great job, great advocate for high school football and around the state of Ohio. I want to talk about uh, college football recruiting, obviously, but uh, let's just take a look back as uh, we look at this Ohio high school football season from 2020. Uh, you and I have you know, traded texts and emails and had conversations prior to uh, even the start of the season back in August where there was so much uncertainty. But uh, obviously the six uh, remaining state championships were completed this past weekend in Maslin. And uh, after a lot of blowouts, you know, there were – Actually, three really close games, uh, Divisions 3, 4, and 6, uh, decided by three points each, including a double overtime game uh, with Chardon beating uh, Columbus to sales. But uh, give me your impressions of, of maybe this football season, as, as shortened as it was, as unique it was as it was. Uh, what will you remember most about this campaign? Yeah, you know what? Appreciation. You know, I, I think uh, I was a glass half full at the beginning of football season thinking, Boy, I don't know if we're going to get through it. You know, I just I thought that once these kids started going into protocols, games would get canceled and it would be bad. And I was hoping that we would get three or four games in and some seniors would be able to play. And 
put film out to colleges and that part of their life could, you know, be a little bit normal. But for us to get all 13 weeks in, I can't believe it. And each week I covered it, you know, I, I think I just appreciated so much more that, wow, when something like this can be taken away, you don't realize how much you love it, how much the kids love it, how much the community loves it and the risk that they're all willing to take to keep it going forward. I'll remember that, you know, I mean, a lot of people did not want any sports and still don't want sports to go on in these gatherings. And it's really, but these kids, I mean, they wore masks, they stayed away. They, they somehow got through it. Yeah, there were cancellations, but I think that was just going to be par for the course for this year. So, and I, like I said, appreciation. I can't believe we got it done. And I appreciate all the hard work everybody did to make this go off. Kind of go back to what St. Xavier coach Steve Speck told me uh, toward the end of the season. He just said it was a matter of clearing the mechanism, getting rid of the noise uh, within his own program. Obviously, they that really paid dividends, as you could see, in a, in a big 41-point uh, win over Pickerington Central. But he said, you know, all the kids deserve the credit. The coaches' administration, you know, we put in the policies and have to follow all the measures. But really, at the end of the day, it was the kids that made this work. Um, as you say, how amazing is that to say that, you know, we got through all yeah. this entire season? I mean, it, really, there was a lot of sacrifice there. A lot of things these kids have given up. And for young kids, I didn't see them the sacrificing type. I wasn't the sacrificing type at 18. You know, I wanted to go have fun and see my friends. But, you know, to do what they did to get through it, it you know, as I said, I appreciate that everybody did it. It's, it's great. What impact does this have now as we go forward and we look ahead to the it's still called the early signing period, but I think everybody's kind of considering the regular period from December 16th to 18th. Um, the NCAA Division One Council has uh, put extended the uh, dead period until April 15th, obviously, for um, those, those uh, players that are not seniors this year and not signing. So I guess, first of all, talk about the senior class, maybe for 2021 and uh, how this impacts maybe those that are uncommitted up until signing period. Yeah, you know me, I'm pretty pragmatic and the recruiting process is usually not fair. It's usually very tough on kids and players. And the class of 2021 really got down a tough blow. This was, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to speak honestly to you if I didn't say this was probably the worst thing that could ever happen to a senior class, you know, not having the summer camps, not being able to visit the campuses, having limited contact with coaches. You know, that's just such a, an obstacle that, yeah, and then now with some of these uh, colleges where they might let the uh, kids have an extra year of eligibility, there might be shorter scholarship numbers, and some of these kids might be getting cut out of their classes. I have never seen anything like this, and a lot of kids did the smart thing and signed early. We had a record number of commitments come in July, August, that type of time, so a lot of kids smelled this in the air that I better take my scholarship and lock it down in this new world of COVID. But this is definitely different. This class of 2021 right here coming up to the signing day, it's a mad scramble because you really can't get on these campuses. The coaches can't get in your school. All you can do is communicate like we're doing through Zoom meetings and emails and Twitters. And, you know, there's only so much there you get when you actually, you know, see someone in person or see a campus in person, let alone be able to test them on an athletic field. So this has really been an uphill battle for 2021. I had you on the podcast back in June. I went back and listened to it this morning. And uh, you said it's already a crazy process with the recruiting for a student athlete. You know, it's pull your hair out type of thing for the parents and everything. And then you add all this into it. Um, what kind of, you know, things did you hear maybe from families, from college programs, and not necessarily the, the bigger college programs either, or maybe just coaches about 
how they could get their student athlete to be highlighted this year. Yeah, you know, from the players and parents, you just had an overwhelming sense of fear and anxiety. A lot of those emails and Twitters that were sent, colleges didn't reply. You know, and then sometimes parents will, can accept the no, but they would just like to hear the no. The unknown is where your mind waters and where the anxiety starts. And did they even get it? Um, did they get it and watch it and not like it? And so you're left in that world of how do I know? And I think there's a lot of that out there for those kids. As far as college coaches, they were, they're very frustrated. But I'll say this, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there were no camps, combines, 40 times, stuff like that. And all the evaluations were done on film and great teams were built. So I think the evaluations went very film heavy, very high school coach recommended. His word was more than it's ever been before because he's the only one you can really talk to about the kid and get his background. You're not going to see them at, you know, the camps and talk to their strength coaches and trainers and handlers or, you know, that whole organization of things. You know, you, you lost out on a massive amount of conversations that happen at these camps and that's info. So it was all done film. It was all done zoom meeting and email which, you know, I, one, one part of me wonders, how will these classes shape out in a couple of years? Will this maybe be, and, and this is just something I'm speaking out loud, because they did the evaluations based on film, will they be getting a lot of great football players? Because there were a lot of T-shirt All-Americans that would show up at camps and run a great time, and you'd watch the film and say, boy, I wouldn't have normally thought about offering this kid, but because he ran this such and such time, I think I'm going to offer him. And sometimes those would or wouldn't work out. And, you know, there's, there's a, a percentage thing. What percentage of those were hits? What percentage were misses? But I, I think I like when you see a football player on tape and you bring that guy in, that football player should hold up. Now, hopefully he's as fast as you need him to be in his you know, statistics checkout. But what a, what a weird season. You know, I mean, and so that's why we could probably talk about this for a whole podcast. So many different angles to look at. How do you think this impacts, like, Division three programs, uh such as a Mount St. Joseph and some of these other programs down here in Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, that, that's really tough. They, they, they're picking up the scraps usually, you know, from the, the leftovers from the division one and division two, but division three to me has always been about kids that want to play football very bad in college. And I don't think that's gone away. And I think division three is if you're an all conference, all state player, and there's a lot of those in Ohio, you can go play division three football. If you have the work ethic and you'll sit there and grind for a couple of years those kids usually come out great in the wash. So yeah, that, that division three is going to have to wait, you know, until after signing day and that's, you know, process a little further down the road, but they'll, they'll get their players the, you know, that, that will trickle down into them. What about uh, just the techniques of recruiting? We, we kind of read when uh, the NCAA extended this dead period that, you know, still allowing a lot of virtual, um, you know, objectives or virtual ways of, of recruiting a player. I read something on CBSSports.com. The Florida coach, Dan Mullen, told CBS that uh, everyone's become efficient at Zoom. And I said, he quoted, uh, maybe you don't even have to go on the road recruiting anymore in the future. You can just do it on Zoom. Now, he acknowledged, obviously, that you want to show or recruit the palm trees and the bright sunshine and everything else like that. And you can't do that on Zoom necessarily. But how do you think this has impacted college programs and, and the way they connect with kids? You, you, you nail it. That's right where I was going. The, the college coaches are a heels in the ground bunch about technology. They're usually are old school guys and they're hand to hand combat on the field and all this technology stuff doesn't help win football games. 
Well, now you have guys, and I've done Zoom meetings with guys that I never thought I'd see on a Zoom meeting that are now proficient about doing Zoom meetings with their players at home. And it's one of those things where I don't like this until you sat at your house like this and done a few Zoom meetings. You say, you know what? I didn't have to run into the office this morning. I didn't have to do the traffic. I got to bang this out real quick. I saw all my players. There's going to be techniques that they learn during this code period that they keep, that they're going to streamline processes and they brought new technologies and things in there, but it forced their hand. You know, like I said, this isn't something college coaches like. They're a copycat bunch. You know, the NFL is a copycat league. If, if someone else is doing this, we do the same thing and we don't change it if it's not broken. And, you know, they're almost, uh, how do I say, a superstitious bunch where we're not going to go different ways. What if we lose? Everyone's going to say it was because we started doing Zoom meetings first and our players weren't as focused and they didn't get the learning. But now you're seeing on the field and even in you know, NFL, wow, these kids, some of them didn't practice all week. Some of them just did Zoom meetings. Some of them were in quarantine. They show up on a game day and they perform at whatever level. If it's good enough, you're going to see a case made for these techniques and you know this type of stuff to go on. But that's really been it. You know, virtual tours, I think we talked about that the first time, you know, how into it are coaches getting with you a virtual tour? But it seems like coaches were bringing players into their home because they were doing the meetings from their home. So you were getting to see a coach and, you know, it, it's different. It really is. I, I think, like I said, these techniques will go into the future. And you traveled around the state watching high school football um, like you usually do each season. I mean, maybe going forward now, as you kind of look into 2022 and beyond, I mean, were you impressed with a certain position group or certain area of the state in particular that really caught your eye during, during your travels? Yeah. You know, I've always, as a, since I've been doing this Cincinnati and Columbus and Cleveland, which makes total sense. They're the population dense areas. Those teams and those programs are probably more developed and they're so much deeper in those areas. So I, that's where I have respect for everybody. Um, you know, Youngstown has been down in Toledo. I go up there and there's certain hotbeds, but it's just not like the, the dense population areas. And, you know, football is different, you know, now that the crowds haven't been the same and, you know, numbers have been down. There's a lot more options. So I've seen that over the past couple of years. But again, I think football must be taken away this year. You saw the appreciation of how people much they wanted. It. You know, you heard the outcry for football. It wasn't it was for other sports, but football was the one that, you know, really brought everyone back together here. And then, you know, I saw a lot of things on the road this year that were just the way the games were handled, the online broadcasting. You know, that's something that high schools have had their heels in the ground about where not all of them were broadcasting on the Internet or something like that for games. And all of a sudden that may be a new norm going into the future where, you know, you're going to have a lot more options on a Friday night if you want to stay at home and watch three or four different games if you were in, you know, really in high school football or, or guys like us that, you know, could kill more birds in that way. But here in town, I mean, I'd get back into town Monday and almost every single game was archived on an internet somewhere if you want to go watch it. So a, lot of, a lot of new things happened this year. Definitely going to be interesting to see how athletic directors and athletic departments are going to figure out ways for ticket revenue when, you know, you consider all the – options as you just mentioned that are available I'd like you to put your kind of your high school football uh hat on for a second not that we haven't been talking about it, but just maybe from a coach's perspective or just a fan perspective what do you think of the playoffs of, of everybody getting in the playoffs um you know i heard a, a lot of debate on you know no it should definitely be earned i mean as of now obviously the ohsa is going to go back to the computer point system for next season it's going to expand from eight to 12 teams per region um this is not a recruiting question but 
Did yeah. you like everybody getting in the postseason and coaches voting for the seeds, or would you prefer just the, the Yeah, points? this is the second time I've been asked this, so I've thought about it a couple of times, and it's a very interesting question. You know, that whole it's got to be earned thing. Well, yeah, week one, earn it. You know, like there is still an earned type of thing to it, and hey, maybe you get a freebie week one, or maybe you get a team that's going to smack you in the face, but it put a lot more home games, playoff games, in the hands of, you know, good teams. So that revenue for them is something they're going to like, you know, so that's going to be something that, boy, we saw, well, maybe we could do this. This could be maybe implemented in the future. Even if you use computer points to start off the whole system, there's something to it where, Hey, we start the playoffs in week eight now and the season shortened and another team can keep playing. And you always get a 10 game season. Cause I noticed there were a lot of teams that once they were knocked out of the playoffs, they were still playing, you know, people were still scheduling games. And so that was a nice little thing. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, more is always better, it seems. Like 15 games is better than 13. But that system was interesting. It wasn't a disaster. You know, it went off okay. I don't like the improprieties in the playoffs where there's a big score versus, a, you know, a blowout. I, you know, in a lot of those first-round games, that's the one flaw I saw. But we see state championship games where they're blowing each other out. You know, I mean, powerful teams are powerful teams. They show up and you know, different sides of the state, you know, have different power things different here. You know, you never know where that's going to come from. But I think it's debatable. You know, I don't think it's a home run. I don't think it, you know, whatever. But I think they came up with a very interesting system in a crunch right there. You know, Just curious, do college coaches put more stake in a regular season slash playoff game than they would a game that's, you know, where a team is knocked out and you're playing – Week 11, like you did this year against a non-playoff opponent. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like common sense that it would be? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's one of those questions where it should be, as long as the competition, it's not a 35 to nothing game. Right. You know, I, I know players that'll have a running clock and they were named, you know, radio station player of the game. And they're like, hey, I had a great game. And I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> you did. You know, and, and as an adult, you want to be so genuine, like you did have a good game, but. I'd rather see you do that in a 29-28 playoff game. And then, boy, now I know we got something. Because when I watch the film, I know you're going to just be, you know, beat up on a team that's not on your level. And, you know, that may, you know, increase statistics, stuff like that. But anytime you can get a competitive game as far as a scout or college coach, that's what you're looking for. You know, and these mercy rule games would be the opposite of what you'd want to do. Were you inundated with more film or more content this year from coaches? Did you notice people trying to sell their players more or not necessarily because of all this? Yeah, I've always done a lot of work by uh, email, text messages, stuff like that. So, yeah, and I I think coaches halfway through the season were a lot more, uh, hey, this is the only way we can do this, so this is the way we're doing it. You know, it kind of forced their hand where I can't use all these other avenues. So Mark and these other guys that do this. Yeah. Um, it, it seemed very normal for me. I was very happy about that. Cause I wasn't sure what to expect, you know, like, can we pull this off without summer camps and whatnot? So, so what do you do next? And I think the recruiting nights are the next thing that, you know, I, I go around and I'll see high school coaches and I just got the first invitation for a zoom recruiting night where, you know, different coaches are going to go on and have their three or four minutes and everyone's – all the college coaches are going to sit there and be able to watch him talk about his players. And it, it, there's a new way to do that, you know. So that's my next phase here. Signing day 
is obviously for the class of 21, but I'm working on 22 and 23 now. Because obviously when that day hits, the focus has already gone to 22 and 23 for a lot of programs, but it will be solely 22 and 23 kids after that. So, yeah, I'm always a year or two ahead, and it's Groundhog Day for Mark Porter with football right now. It's it's it, like people joke with this quarantine. I'm like, yeah, I go into a football quarantine right about now anyway, so I don't leave the computer office. And But that's the next step for me. And, and I, I almost feel that I have more pressure this year because scouting Ohio is one of the more intense veins for college coaches right now. You know, like, boy, I don't want to miss a kid. And I know there's kids that haven't signed up yet and I'm chasing them down. And every time I send out a report, I feel like, wow, those kids not being in this report is stinging a little more this year because, you know, I didn't get them in there yet. So uh, I think I feel it from that perspective. Things change so quickly, so rapidly. I'm old enough to remember when you had recruiting night in person at a high school. How about that? That was just a few years ago. <laughs> Mark, how do uh, people connect with you? How do they follow you? And um, just give us uh, some information about that. Yeah, scoutingohio.com is the site. Uh, my Twitter is on the Scouting Ohio. My email is on Scouting Ohio. On Twitter, I'm Mark. It's the two underscores Porter. Uh, all those places you can reach me. Uh, I'll pretty much get back to everybody when they send me their link. But if kids sign up on the site for free that want to get recruited, I watch their film, write an evaluation. They go and report to 80 colleges. And those are the 80 colleges that actually recruit Ohio. I know a lot of kids will say, hey, I want to go to Florida State and UCLA and Texas. I tell the kids, show me the Ohio kid on those rosters in the past 10 years. And, okay, we'll try to. But I really have a good group of 80 colleges that if you look on their rosters, you'll see a lot of Ohio players. Very practical and uh, very honest with the whole entire process. And as you mentioned, the players can connect with you for free. It's not a uh, not one of those things where you have to worry about anything else. And you always offer some very uh, sage advice for, for everybody who follows high school football and recruiting as well. Mark, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Happy holidays to you and your family. Yeah, thank you, Mike. I'm, I'm lucky to do it, and I appreciate your support over the years. Good luck and happy holidays. Thank you. Well, I want to thank ScoutingOhio.com director Mark Porter for all his analysis about high school football and the college football recruiting scene going forward. Certainly a lot to uh, follow as we look at all levels of college football recruiting going forward and how this impacts high school seniors and juniors as they make these important decisions. If you want to continue to follow us, WCPO 9 Sports, we will have all the latest for you about the information regarding winter sports season during this COVID-19 pandemic. Also on WCPO.com, check out my story about Walnut Hills football coach Jerry Bochamp, who announced that he is stepping down as of this week. And uh, we're going to continue to uh, watch a lot of coaching openings around the area uh, in football, Taylor coach Mark Miller also announced uh, after four seasons he is stepping down as well. want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for following the WCPO High School Insider Podcast, especially during this Ohio high school football season. And uh, we will be back with more coverage as uh, we continue to follow off-season football news and also the winter sports season right here on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.